From the blue-green waters of Claytor Lake to the hiking trails of the NRV, AM HodgePodge is on the air. Here are your hosts, Keith Weldons and Mark Tapp. Valley, welcome to AM Hodgepodge. This is Mark Tapp. I'm here with Keith Weltons. Yeah, good morning. And if you're uh, listening, I, I, this is a little bit counterproductive for us, but uh, if you're a runner or a walker or mental health awareness is important, you should turn the radio show off now and run over to the Draper Village and sign up for their 5K. Now just bring your bring your Headset and listen to it. There you go. Maybe a, a boom box, and, then, and you can just broadcast it to all the runners there. You can do that. You're going to do that? No. Because by magic, we're going to be there. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we were brought, to, uh, that was brought to our attention, what, two months ago? Uh-huh. Um, the program and uh, it's something that, uh, you know, even with these, you see the things, we all have things in our own personal lives that we struggle with. We see it on a bigger picture. Uh, the country at times, it's, it's an epidemic. And uh, this is an opportunity for us to uh, take a moment in our day and kind of think about it and put it in place. Yeah. So this is the, it's called Stopping the Stigma 5K. Exactly right. Exactly right. So really looking forward to that. All right. Well, good morning. This is Keith Weltons. That's Mark Tapp. You are listening to AM Hodgepodge. We welcome everybody who's listened in the past and all of our new listeners for the day. If you are new, you can follow us on AM Hodgepodge, Facebook.com. We got all past episodes. It's all available for podcasts, things like that. This is a four-part show. I think we'll actually get four in today. Yeah, we probably will. Yeah, our first part. It's a four-part show, but we usually do. I know. It's like Mark's like, well, that's it. (laughs) Bye. Uh, So our first part uh, show today uh, is where we usually talk um, football. No, it's where we talk about beer. Yeah, and we we forgot to bring a beer today. Uh, That is the fumble. (laughs) All right, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And we got a little bit of stuff to talk about. Yeah. I'm looking forward to your segment. Yeah. So we talk about beer, and I will say this. The stats have come out, and I don't know where you're going to go with this. This is So for people who don't believe us, we actually don't prep together in advance. Mm-hmm. We don't typically have a written-down they probably believe us. Agenda. But what we do have is a general sense of what we're going to talk about because we have kind of predefined segments. What I wanted to tell you is that uh, statistically, we had talked um, three weeks ago, three months ago. Hell, it's hard to tell. But beer sales definitely have been going up. And it's not so much that the volume of the sales have. It's where they have come from. So the revenues are much greater because they're being sold at restaurants or they're being sold at concert venues or sporting events. And that's now actually starting to spill over. So this question about uh, people's pocketbooks and uh, whether they'll uh, continue to spend at the same 
normal rate. Well, we're seeing people, right? Even though that gasoline prices are up, people still driving. And Target came out with earnings this week, and they Target said, "Hey, listen, you know, we went from selling TVs and video equipment uh, and workout gear to luggage and swimsuits." So it's telling you that people are just. They said that their luggage sales. Um, compared to 2019, are up 50%. Yeah. So they're selling a bunch of luggage. Everyone's trying to trying to go somewhere. And that makes sense if you think about the pandemic and the uh, the fact that everybody was stuck in the house. Correct. They made all their in-home purchases, all the stuff that were sort of enhanced lifestyle in the home. Yeah. They made all of those. So they're stocked to the gills with nice big TVs and awesome backyard patio settings and furniture and all that now they now they want to get out and go somewhere else you know i was kind of thinking about that when i heard about the luggage and then they said oh because people are trying to do stuff you know first of all people had luggage before that (laughs) so do you think that the people who have the luggage have actually been using the luggage as a storage device for their old workwear or things that may not fit them anymore or whatever it may be because while they were at home, they determined a no whole new way of living, and now they actually might be using the luggage like under the bed, that's storing a, yeah. stuff. That's a very interesting question. I'm not. Sh- I have a hard time going there. Think so? I, I just can't imagine myself storing clothes in suitcases. Yeah. So let me ask you this: If you guys went on a trip today, do you would you have excess luggage? I mean, do you have luggage uh, we'll, that won't – do? or do you yeah, only have the, yeah. the finite number? No, we, we would have excess luggage, but uh, but it's empty. Right. <laughs> and it's just old. Right. So, yeah, so for we, whatever reason, we replaced it and then didn't throw it away. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So maybe it's the old factor then. But we have made a suitcase purchase uh, or two in the last 24 months. Okay. Yeah, we okay. have. Well, I thought that was – I think it's more likely that people are – Storing dry goods, right, uh, for the for the impending doom that they fear. Well, yeah. So back to this 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 you know beer thing we were talking about. You know, how I brought up and said the the, the consumption amounts not going up, but the revenues being generated are up. Yeah, um, that's actually been good because now that you're having constraints. Obviously, we were having bottlenecks legitimately in the brewing industry where they couldn't get the cans. Yeah. Speaking of bottlenecks. Yeah. And now it's, they'll just come in to the destinations. So the breweries and the wineries are becoming that destination place again, which is what they were originally set up for. So bottlenecks, give it to me. Yeah. So speaking of bottlenecks, uh, the German breweries are warning that uh, there's going to be a shortage of bottles this, this year. And that's due to a couple things. Number one is the energy costs, to make glass bottles right. are so high that uh, yeah. manufacturers are slowing down that process. And number two, they don't have enough truckers to move the bottles from one place yeah, to another. Crazy. Uh, and of course, it's going to impact the smaller uh, brewers if they want. If the they, yeah, if they want that, if the smaller brewer who does distribute, you, it's going to put because we were noticing in the country um, and our uh, I can't remember his name, the awesome guy from. Colorado, who oh. did who did all of the breweries? Yeah, um, you know he said he had to kind of fill in because some of them didn't make it through the pandemic, and then mm-hmm. a couple started. 
I think you're going to start to see, even with the tougher um, supply chain, I think you're going to see more breweries try to open up because maybe you can compete a little bit more with the fact that it's possible, yeah. It's the cost is lower yeah. local than it is to ship it from one place to another. Yeah, and the cost of glass bottles has gone up eighty percent in one wow. year. Yeah, that's a that's big time. And then you figure the cost of gasoline or diesel yeah. has probably gone up close to that or more. Uh, you know, there's two of your biggest costs. Yeah. Uh, uh, outside of labor and and the the uh, products that go into beer. Yeah. I almost brought it, but I don't want to get too far off the topic. But that, you know, mentioning to you, you know, if you take a look at what comes out of a a, a barrel mm-hmm. of oil, not a barrel of beer, but what comes uh, out of a barrel, yeah. what what you is made in so. there, it was really, really, really mm-hmm. cool. So I went ahead and printed it and to, took a look at it. And so it's very efficient. The problem becomes the about half of a barrel of oil is used for um, things like roads, mm-hmm. tars, and stuff like that, um, or it's used for lubricants. So um, that would be um, like the motor oil and things like that. Or uh, you know, but th- so you've got half is already embedded into that. The other half has to be fought for pesticides and fertilizers and the powering of your house and mm-hmm. the powering of a factory and your car and and then every the medicines and the paints and it goes on so it's really incredible to how much you can get but about half is used just for the roadways now sometimes i wouldn't know that because there's plenty of roadway work <laughs> right that needs to be done yeah Hey, did you know that's actually going to get a, worse? I can see that. I can see roadway def- deferral happening on an epic proportion at this point in time because of how expensive it's going to get. Yeah, yeah. Our guess is well, shaking our head. Maybe it means we get concrete surfaces. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> uh, did you know there was a a Trappist brewery in the United States? We talked about this, and is it? So let me see if I can guess it. It's not Wisconsin or Michigan or Ohio. Is it Ohio? Was it well, you, 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 you list 49 of the states. No, no, but I remember when you mentioned it, uh-huh. and I believe it was upper Midwest. You're close. It's Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Well, yeah. no. Yeah, it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't real matter close. anymore. It's, it's, it's like saying, well, Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania runs and touches Delaware, which is on the water. <laughs> right. It's like, is that? Yeah, I'll take that. There, yeah. uh, so there's actually a process to uh that you have to go through to become a licensed trappist brewery Mm -hmm. and it's pretty extensive there's only 10 trappist breweries in the world and that was the only one in the united states and and unfortunately they've made the decision uh they just can't make enough money doing it so they're they're shutting it down okay so now there are no trappist breweries in the united states people weren't tithing enough yeah, right. <laughs> is that is that's an interesting if you were to drink a beer at a Trappist monastery, is that does that count as tithing? <sighs> I could get behind that. Yeah, that probably could. Are we ready for the most exciting? All over Let's beer. Do it. All right. I've been waiting. You got three minutes. All right. Okay. So speaking of no beer. 
today for beer over ball. Literally, that is a fumble. And it got me thinking, you know, all right, so we fumbled that. We don't have it with us today. So what do you think, first of all, what do you think in the game of football is more exciting? A fumble, just in general, Mm -hmm. or an interception? Oh, man. I think it's got to be a fumble. Fumble. Okay. So fumble is more. So what happens more often? A fumble or an interception? Ooh, good question. I would say interception. Correct. Happens more often. How many more times, how much more often does it happen? So let's say you played 100 games. Yeah. Of those 100 games. Probably close to a 2 to 1 ratio. No, it's greater than that. It's 80% of the time a fumble, uh, an interception outweighs a fumble. Now, there are 17 weeks of football over the la- at the pro level over the last 20 years that fumbles have outpaced hmm. those. Are those in warm weather or cold weather? Cold. Warm. That is uh, contrary to... Well, so look, think Why? about it. Why do teams not typically throw in the cold weather? You see my point? Yeah. So, yeah, I thought the so, same thing, so too. just fewer passes. Yeah, the warm weather is actually that. Mm. The ball t- can tend to be, the, the, the runner's arms can be sweaty. The ball can typically be pounded out there a little bit easier. But in the cold, the, the runs tend to be right up the middle. Everyone's just kind of grabbing at something, and the guy just kind of typically falls down. But you don't you normally see those 80-yard runs where the guy's running all over the place. Yeah. Okay? So, um, how often a fun, uh uh, the, the ratio is 80% of the time the interception is the number one in a game versus a fumble. The other 20% is a fumble versus it. Okay, the last part, which I thought was really good. What percentage of fans consider them to be uh, a bandwagon? What percentage oh, of themselves? fans consider themselves to be bandwagons? And I'm bringing this up because Virginia Tech's having a great baseball mm-hmm. and a great softball season right now. And I'm getting texts from people all over who love baseball saying, dang, awesome, 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 awesome. What percentage of fans are, 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 are a bandwagon? Proclaimed bandwagon. 40. 80%. Yeah, yeah So here's the answer. Anytime someone says something what's the, about sports, say 80%. <laughs> All right, there you go. Got it. All right. All right. That was a good segment. Thank you. Thank you. And it all—it was all predicated off of the fumble of the beer. Yeah. Nice. Should, you want me to add some sports to this, or just move on? Yes, move on. All right. I could. I could. Did you say sports? Yeah. No, it's done. It's done. I don't have any beer. You're gonna write? Gonna get? Gonna give me the? Uh, I could do I could do that. I could give you the thing, and next week we could do it on the the ball over beer. Okay. I'm not sure. Do you, you can always lead it. You know, I could try, yeah. <laughs> That's actually you should. That would be a fumble. <laughs> <laughs> that. I may have to intercept you. All right. Stop that. All right. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to bring in our guests. Everybody stick with us. You're listening to AM Hodgepodge.